Warning, this podcast contains profanity, and there's fuck all the FCC can do about it. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Honey, and by the new craft project for the atheist on the go. I told you so. Comes in Brett Kavanaugh, mandatory in God We Trust, and concentration camp patterns. I told you so. Maybe they'll listen if you put it on a pillow. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Hi. I'm Liam, and as a software engineer, reading the genetic code is horrifying. It's an absolute mess of global variables, circular dependencies, magic strings, and loosely coupled monkey-patching spaghetti code, 90% of which has been deprecated and left to bit rot. So either God is an idiot, or he did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men. It's August 8th. And it's Balloons to Heaven Day. <laughs> and we're the guys to tell you, none of them are making nope, it. Nope, not, not a one. one. <laughs> I'm No Illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from Grover, Cleveland's New Jersey, <laughs> Damn Cincinnati right. Swing State, and Good Husband, Georgia, this is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, we pull out some long overdue roasts. The kids from Covington Catholic sue the time dimension for defamation. (laughs) And America will make it through this whole intro without a mass shooting, maybe. Checking? (laughs) Yup. But first, checking the diatribe. Okay, so before I even get started, lest this be taken as a both sides have good arguments type of diatribe, it's pronounced GIF, goddammit. This isn't a regional pronunciation thing. It's not a to each their own thing. There's a right way and a wrong way. And when you say GIF, we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm fine with regional variations and even variations within individuals so long as we remain mutually intelligible. But that is not the case here. Before I go any further, I want to assure you that this is about religion eventually. But for right now, it's it's about how it's fucking pronounced GIF. And I bring it up because I came across another online debate about it and made the mistake of perusing said debate. And, and I'm hearing all the same arguments everybody uses when this issue comes up. The guy who invented it pronounces it GIF, says one side. That's a peanut butter, says the other. When G's or C's are followed by an I or E, they're usually pronounced as soft, says one side. Gift, gills, girl, gimmick, gigawatt, says the other. When people say, did you get the gif I sent you? I hear gift I sent you, replies the first. When people say, I'll send it to you in a gif, I think they'll mean it'll be soon, counters the second, and so on. And then, invariably, we come to this argument, right? The G in gif stands for graphic, not graphic. And it seems like a pretty good argument. This is an argument I've used, but this time when I encountered it, I tried to peer at it through the eyes of the GIF crowd, and I realized that it's absolute shit. This argument makes no sense. This is not a general rule in English, right? That we use the root words sound when we pronounce out acronyms. If somebody was pronouncing scuba as scuba, we wouldn't be swayed by the argument that he's not referring to self-contained underwater breathing apparatus, would we? Right? And I'm not going to lie, that realization kind of fucked me up because until then, 
that had always struck me as sort of the definitive argument, or at least, you know, the best one that the GIF side had. And when I realized it was a shit argument, I didn't change my mind. Now, the reason I didn't change my mind is obvious, mostly because I was already right, so I didn't have to. But more to the point, it's because I didn't choose my pronunciation based on the root word. Right. When I saw GIF written out, I said GIF in my head. When I heard other people talking about it, they invariably said GIF. So the first time I ever encountered a GIF person, it sounded dumb. That's why I'm in the camp I'm in. It's also why you're in the camp you're in. Or, or maybe not. Maybe somebody in the world actually did change their pronunciation along the way. And if it was because they found that graphic argument convincing, I feel real bad poking such a big hole in it now. But at least the vast majority of us are on one side or the other for no logical reason. That's just the side we started on. So it's the side we defend. And look, I, I cannot be clear about this enough. It's pronounced fucking GIF, right? I am not saying both sides have equal claim to the pronunciation here. The majority of people say GIF and outside of proper nouns, pronunciation is determined by the majority. It's also better since GIF isn't already a word that means very short period of time or brand of peanut butter. But, but I am saying that most of us got there arbitrarily. The fact that most of us wound up in the same place stops it from being arbitrary, of course, and the need for communication kind of demands that we settle this, right? Either that or the current trends continue for another couple of decades and we saddle our generations with some weird-ass word like gif or jif. But, but I digress because that's not the point. The point is the way that arguments work. See, I, I chose the graphic argument not because that's the one that convinced me. I didn't even know what it stood for when I started pronouncing it gif. It's just the best sounding argument that I'd heard on my side. So when that argument was dismantled, I didn't feel like I needed a new opinion. I just needed a new argument. And I'm sure most of you who maybe relied on that same argument feel the same way, right? It's not because you're bad thinkers. It's not because you're obstinate. It's because that's how arguments work. And it behooves us to keep that in mind when we're dismantling religious arguments. See, I told you I'd get there. And I know we already know that, but it's really easy to lose track of that in real time. Right. Some religious person gives you their best argument. You rip it the fucking shreds and then they just give you their next argument or, or walk away with their minds unchanged. And we grow frustrated because we never get to see the part where they actually start looking for that better argument, find it, have some other atheist knock that one down too, find an even better one, have another atheist knock that one down, realize they have no good arguments and maybe change their mind. I mean, that does happen, right? Like we've met people to whom that has happened. We just don't get to fucking see it. Now, I, I want to be clear about the limits of my analogy here. The arguments for God are nowhere near as good as the ones on either side of the GIF-JIF debate. An argument that GIF is a superior pronunciation, as insane and misguided as that might seem, is still way more plausible than the existence of a God. At least there's no way in which the GIF pronunciation is self-contradicting. So you are certainly more justified in your frustration with religious debaters than, for instance, the frustration that people who pronounce it GIF feel as they listen to this diatribe. But to expect a radical change of opinion based on knocking down an argument, even their best argument, even their best series of arguments, ignores the purpose that arguments serve. Nobody in any religious debate has ever offered up the thing that actually convinced them. Right? And they might offer up the thing that reaffirmed their conviction after a period of doubt. But nobody has ever said, I'd also like to present how trustworthy my parents seemed when I was six in a formal debate. Right. Nobody ever said in rebuttal, I would like to point out how scary dying is. And that's not because they're dishonest about the roots of their beliefs. 
I, I mean, they are dishonest about the roofs of their beliefs, but that's not why they don't use them as arguments. They're not even trying to tell you what convinced them. They're trying to present the argument they think has the highest likelihood of convincing you. And like I said, in real time, that can be frustrating as hell. It feels like you won, but you didn't get the trophy. But one way to dampen that disappointment is to remember what the point of the debate was. Not just because it's going to help you to be more patient, but also because it's going to help to remind you just how thoroughly you actually won. You'd already won before you dismantled the argument. You won just by not being convinced by it. Hell, they would never have offered it up to you if they thought it could be dismantled. So no matter how petulant they seem in the moment, keep in mind that you just beat them 42 to nothing in a game of 21. They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the lenses to my frame, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to subtly correct the errant perception of our listeners while I provide a structure that keeps you from meandering out of their field of vision? Two <laughs> votes. Yes, the eyes have it. Nice. Well <laughs> done. I mean, like normally I, I felt bad about that one because I usually try to give you a better comedy setup, but. When a metaphor works that well, I kind of have to run with it. Anyway, <laughs> we have to take a minute to pay the bills with a word from this week's sponsor, Honey. Hey, Heath, do you know where my... Why, why is there a tent in your room? Oh, hey, Eli. Hey, Noah. I camped out for one of those cyber sales. You know, I'm uh, going to get some sweet, sweet deals Heath, from the cyber what, sale. Why don't you just use Honey? Uh, no, I do. Um, I get my hands like... Covered in it, right? And then nope, what I do not, is not that, I, well, not that. Now honey, my hands are honey, covered, the honey, and then I can. Very important. What? The honey we are talking about is a free browser add-on that finds you the best deals online. Wait, so is it like its own website that does that? Honey finds discounts and coupons across thirty-seven thousand sites. I actually used Honey to buy a Nintendo Switch for Morgan and save twenty-one bucks. And because it's a browser add-on, it automatically saves you money. Plus, by downloading it, you'll be supporting cool people who support the show. I will? That's right. Look, there's really no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use. It's easy to install on your computer with just two clicks. So shop with confidence. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash scathing. That's joinhoney.com slash scathing. Oh. Honey, the smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money when you're shopping online. So you're saying I don't need to camp by my computer like this? Nope. I mean, you never did, really. No, actually. Oh. Okay, guys. Um, can, can you help unstick me? I'm very, very stuck. From what? I, I mean, everything. You can see it's just everything. You can see. And now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, in the wake of two mass shootings within 24 hours last week, Christian leaders are holding a massive online jingly keys orchestra of yes. thoughts and prayers <laughs> in hopes of drowning out anyone who might use the phrase gun control because guns don't kill people. God kills people, <laughs> but he's got super good reasons. And that includes reasons for all 31 people murdered in El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio on Saturday. And God hasn't confirmed yet. But this may also include the victims of the other four mass shootings that happened since Jesus then. Fucking Christ. Two in Chicago, one in New York, and one in Memphis. And also, whatever else might have happened while I was saying that sentence. So, if anyone has 
type zero thoughts. Those are the universal donor type of thoughts. <laughs> and we're running low. Yeah. America, definitely running low on thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you don't believe Eli, by the way, I'll be happy to forward you the first six emails I get because of this story from people saying I think their mother should have been raped because she had a gun once. And Heath noted an undeniable fact. Yeah, sorry about the fact noting. So if you're keeping score at home, we've had 248 mass shootings in 2019 here in the U.S. That's 1.14 gun massacres on the average day. If there's one gun massacre today or tomorrow, that would make that a good day. We got lucky that day. It's kind of a weird system that God is running. You'd you'd figure he'd go for a round number. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I sure hope I get caught in one of those .14 shootings. They sound adorable, right? <laughs> it's just like a little a- Nerf guns or something. <laughs> and by the way, if you have any faith in humanity left to lose, you could spend it on Facebook watching gun nuts try to talk that year-to-date total down into the low 70s. They shouldn't count if nobody wow. died. Seven, low, is that a win for you guys? That's That's their win. They seem to think so, yeah. Do you feel like you've won now? Great. Okay, well, if you're curious about how this system works that, that God made... We got plenty of detailed explanations this week. We'll start with failed radio host, failed chain restaurant owner who went bankrupt, failed radio host again, and now Lieutenant Governor of Texas, Dan Patrick. You might remember him from last year when he responded to a school shooting, the one in Santa Fe, Texas, by blaming abortion and Nintendo. What? It's um, it's actually one of the few times those two things are on the same list. They're not normally... (laughs) Yeah, it's just uh, Dan Patrick's reasons for mass shootings and things that a Catholic priest does when he takes his niece out for the day. (laughs) Well, and all the reviews of the virtual boy, if you guys remember that one. (laughs) And uh, yeah, his solution was not gun control. It was door control. It was. Yes, it was. (laughs) Door control. He thinks buildings with doors are the thing that's enabling lots of the gun violence. And this week, he added that there isn't enough mandatory school prayer on August 3rd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why the white Christian terrorist with the anti-Hispanic manifesto killed 22 people at a Walmart in El Paso. I mean, those doors opened up right for him. He didn't even have to do Jedi hands. I'm the lieutenant governor of Texas. You're the lieutenant governor. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. your job now. Too bigot to fail. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, let's see. Who else did we have? Ray Comfort also weighed in on the issue of how God (laughs) landed on another gun massacre. Are we going to say ooh ooh? Yeah, it should be good. Ray? We'll stick with the ooh ooh. Okay. Love Ray. Yeah, apparently he had some extra time after putting a $1 bill inside a tract and slipping it into the slot of my car door. Like, seriously, that really happened. (laughs) I'm not joking. I got a dollar from Living Waters Ministry this week in my car. Nice. Okay. Well, at least now you know what you always have to snort Coke through, right? You've got your Coke dollar forever. I, I just want to I want to add here that if Heath's thing now at live shows is everybody wants to snort Coke th- with him uh, because of Ray Comfort and Eli's remains. That's every- my new thing. Yep. Yep. And, and Eli's remains that everybody wants to lick him because of Ray Comfort. Like there's no better encapsulation of you guys' relative stations in life. I think that's yeah. pretty much perfect. You know what also happened? Ray Comfort blew me. <laughs> Tried that we did one. Coke. He blew me. Yeah. Yeah. So he got done with all that. Done with blowing me. Done with giving me that dollar. And then he posted a video on Saturday 
following the El Paso shooting, in which he explained, quote, once again, experts are mystified as to why these mass shootings are happening so often. No, the, no, <laughs> no, they're not. The answer isn't complicated. Correct. Yes. Yep, yep, that that is, right. yep, that part is correct. Continuing one more time. As a nation, we've thrown out the Ten Commandments, and that's but, left a generation without a measuring rod of good and evil. End quote. What? And we're back to nope again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This neo-Nazi in Texas couldn't find the Ten Commandments anywhere, and that's why he did this, according to Ray Comfort. Well, yeah, and because of that, he had no metric to gauge the morality of murdering 22 people. Gotcha. Thanks, it's Ray. It's tricky. Yeah. And uh, just for the record, the El Paso Shooters Manifesto mentioned that his Nazi bloodlust, quote, predates Trump, which was a weird detail yeah. to add there. <laughs> like, I was hating Mexican people before it was cool. Like, I don't understand. That's not exactly the complimentary addendum for the president he seems to think it was. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I thought this homicidally racist stuff before the president endorsed it is one of those things you shouldn't even be able to, like, physically confused with exculpatory, right? No, I didn't think that was physically possible. No, apparently it was. Great. So, thing is, we've heard most of these things before. Um, God doesn't like mortal combat. People need a rule that says no murdering to be spelled out for them somewhere. Doors are basically a giant hole in the wall. Fascinating stuff. <laughs> but it's old news. We did, however, get some input from Ohio State Representative Candace Keller, that covered some new ground. Ooh. Yeah, you might remember Keller from last month when she was investigated for an ethics violation after sponsoring a bill that would directly benefit the uh, crisis pregnancy center that she runs by giving out giant tax credits to anyone who donates to the fake medical center that has nothing to do with actually helping pregnant women. And according to Candace Keller, mass shootings happen because of the following list which I had to cut down heavily because she literally mentioned everything with a Minions meme. On this <laughs> Keller thinks the problem is not guns. The problem is, you ready for it? Uh-huh. Trans people. Knew it. Gay marriage. Yeah. So God's cool with single gay people. I, I, I don't, don't, I don't so. really understand the distinction there. Also, fans of RuPaul's Drag Race. Really? Okay. Drag queens in general. Also, fatherlessness, which doesn't technically exist in a genetic sense. Um, <laughs> I feel attacked. Uh, not enough ice concentration camps. That's Ooh. a problem for her. She's causing mass shootings by white people. Um, also marijuana. Of course, Colin Kaepernick. Sure. This one's interesting. Anti-Semitic Democrats. Hmm. Huh. Yep. And of course, culture. Just... In general. <laughs> Damn. Said the quiet part loud at the end there again, didn't you, Candace? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right, like, but if she's right, it's a price worth paying, though, right? So, like, one way or the other, this works against her. <sighs> yeah. And uh, last and least, we also got a speech from Donald Trump about the mass shootings. And he spent about 10 minutes listing everything he stands for. And then describing it all as a mental illness, which <laughs> yes, he which did. would have been shockingly self-aware, except he's aware of nothing. No. And he demonized what mental illness actually means. And he championed the death penalty of during course. that speech also. Yeah. It's weird how women 
almost never get that mass shooting mental illness, huh? Right? Maybe there's a special <laughs> male only shooty brainism. Just, just... Gets in through the dick. It's also weird how it's so geographically specific, right? Like, how does the mental illness even know it's in Mexico? Ooh, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, bottom line, the God and guns culture here in the U.S. is not going away anytime soon. But there is a silver lining. If, say... I don't know, 30 to 50 feral <laughs> hogs to show up in your backyard where your kids are playing over the course of, let's say, three to five minutes. That's the time frame. You will continue having easy access to an exploded death machine that can solve the problem for you. The feral hogs problem, the alive kids problem, your small penis, whatever you're dealing with, you got a solution there. Right. But to be fair, we would need like 10,000 feral hog deaths a year to balance it out. But hey, don't give up your weird hobby to stop the death of children. Whatever you do, yeah. don't. <laughs> By the way, I just want to point out, Eli got that joke. So this thing about him being off of social media is bullshit. I was what guessing. Bullshit. What happened? Trapped you, tricked you. Yes, you are a liar. <laughs> That's a new meme. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Is there a hog meme? I was missing just out? laughing at your funny tone of voice. I, I didn't was. understand the content. <laughs> I am not on social internet anymore. <laughs> and in a holy one news tonight, well, it finally happened. After years of talking out of my ass with this whole all churches are bad business, after uncarefully and uncautiously identifying as a so-called scathing atheist, the church has finally come along to prove me wrong this week because the Rochester Cathedral in England is now a mini golf course. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Um, You like mini golf? What? What? <laughs> That's only on indoor courses, you see. I Still love indoor mini courses. Everyone loves mini golf. Who doesn't love mini golf? You can do eat you? while you golf. Oh, you like eating. I do like eating. Okay. I mean... Okay, you can do a lot of things while you're eating. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. So in an attempt to bridge the gulf Nailed it. between the church and young Anglicans, the space <laughs> has replaced its pews with a nine-hole bridge-themed mini-golf course, hoping that the family-friendly activity will help parishioners young and old learn what the church is for. For? for. Do you think four is something from mini-golf? <laughs> so... You clearly threw your putter accidentally and yelled four the last time you played mini golf. I mean, I was instructed to. Uh, anyways, according to by Reverend myself, by me, according to Reverend Rachel Phillips, canon for mission and growth at Rochester Cathedral, quote, we hope that while playing adventure golf, visitors will reflect on the bridges that need to be built in their own lives and in the world today. And quote, what a bullshit. Excuse. We need to create links links rather than drive wedges <laughs> drive and wedges triple. I, just, I, I love how honest they're being here like we recognize that everything about the church other than the architecture is terrible and a worthless fucking thing and people would have got weird about it if we all just started fucking in here so we went with putt putt what more do you want is um, a gateway <laughs> to fucking it's now a three-piece pun earlier just i don't know and yeah no was, oh yeah. we got it now, of course, some church higher-ups are not pleased with the idea. Reverend Dr. Gavin Ashden, bishop of the Anglican Episcopal Church, said, quote, I'm afraid I think it's a really serious mistake, perhaps born of desperation, you think, 
The idea that people are so trivial that they can be almost tricked into a search for God by entertaining them with a golf course is a serious category error. End quote. Ladies and gentlemen, the newsboys. <laughs> yeah. Then again, he might just be bitter because he had something totally different in mind when he heard about kids getting a hole in one in church. Either way, uh, I know when I'm beat, and we here at The Scathing Atheist would like to officially announce our retirement just as soon as all the other churches, mosques, <laughs> temples, and religious institutions also <laughs> convert to mini golf courses. Yep, we're that close, guys. World tour, we're doing it. <laughs> one down. Putt putt at a time. <laughs> and in grift of gab news tonight, radio broadcaster Rick Wiles took time off from volunteering his head as the arts and leisure wedge in a really big game of Trivial Pursuit this week to let people know that the salvation they talked about is going to be a little pricier than they originally estimated. Plus, the air filter kind of needs blown out. So, despite repeated assurances <laughs> that Wiles would be able to minister to the gospel until Christ's return for the low, low price of $10 million, after all these new estimates, looks like it's going to be closer to $100 million, you see. Yeah, guys, uh, I just found out lots of salvation is made in China. And <laughs> we're doing a lot of salvation tariffs. They so, just devalued that. Yeah. It's really, it's rough. Wait, question. Can we dogs of war this bad boy? Because I will nothing the nothing for $50 million. $50 million. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Here's the quote which would qualify as mugging if he implied that he had had a weapon during it. Quote, <laughs> I've upped my request. I've been praying, asking God for 10 million. I'm now, I'm now telling, I need a hundred million dollars. The vision he's put in my heart, I need a hundred million dollars. It's a global vision to build a platform for the body of Christ to get us through to the end when Christ comes back. And then just in case anybody thought that that meant God was going to kick him in nine figures for his troubles, he added, quote, I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know who's going to finance it, but I know God has unlimited resources, end quote. And, and just so they wouldn't have to, like, risk straining an eyelid winking, the donation information was at the bottom of the screen while he was saying all this shit, you see. Why ask for just a hundred million if God has unlimited yeah, right? resources? Just Why keep it coming, <laughs> idiot. And also, I guarantee Rick Wiles has a church with ATMs in the lobby. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and, and some churches have ATMs right next to the pews. I've seen pictures of that. So really, if you're being mugged by a sermon like that, just go ahead and punch in your pin backwards, and it alerts <laughs> the police without the mugger knowing. <laughs> I want to hear about this happening. Right. Or just set your pin to 666. Everyone in the church will lose their minds, run away. Either yeah. way, you're safe. <laughs> there you go. And for the record, if, if you've been following Rick Wiles as long as I have, you know that the original request to build this global platform was $1 million back in 2009. <laughs> because he's fucking Dr. Evil and he doesn't realize how dumb that was. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I think so. Yeah. So, well, I feel like the, the inflation rates on television equipment must just be insane or something. Um, and while I'm pretty sure he's not going to raise that $100 million, he is going to raise more than zero. And all of it will be counted as a charitable donation by dumb people who can't afford it and then be tallied into some fucking data set Christians will clobber us with about how religious people are more charitable than us. Yep. And then, more importantly, it will all be motherfucking tax-free. Yes, yeah. it will. 
And quick, while we chastise ourselves for lowballing the fuck out of our Matreon goals, we'll hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucid. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she was. If it's a legitimate rape. It makes you a slut, right? It, cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Misogyny. It's weird, but the most depressing part of my job are these occasional good news segments that I do. Because once in a while, the stories for the week line up such that I can pair together a couple of positive steps forward in the fight for gender equality. But they only seem that way because I'm looking at them through the jaded lenses of a person who spends every week combing through stories about misogyny. And as soon as I try to look at them through the eyes of a normal human, I realize that women now allowed to menstruate indoors in such and such a country isn't actually good news. So much as a slight void in the sum total of bad news. But we're going to push forward regardless, and we're going to start in India. We've talked a lot on this segment about triple talaq, which is the magic spell Muslim men can mutter if they want to be divorced but don't want to give their spouses or children any money. And just in case you're not familiar, I'm not exaggerating in the slightest. You just say talaq, 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 and the cane man appears to give you an instant, no-strings-attached divorce. And while most countries have gotten around to banning the practice, it took India a long fucking time. Now, technically, the practice ended in India a couple of years ago when their Supreme Court declared the practice unconstitutional. Turns out the India Supreme Court is super progressive when it comes to the privileges of minority faiths. But just getting a judgment isn't enough, as Susan Collins is learning the hard way. Supreme Courts wax and wane. So to cement this game, the Muslim women of India needed more. Well, they got it last week when lawmakers in that country finally got around to passing a law. And it was a good one, as it turns out. Not only does it ban the practice of triple talaq, but it actually criminalizes it. So not only does it not count for any legal purposes, but a guy can go to prison for three years just for pretending that it does now. And that's great, because my understanding is that prison marriages are much harder to dissolve. That's right, a rape joke. And I'm not sorry. Anyway, I know it's hard to believe, but our next good news story comes out of Saudi Arabia, where it's finally legal for women to stop being in Saudi Arabia. And as basic a right as this is, you can kind of see why the Saudis weren't coming off of it easily. This is another story we've been following for a while. In Saudi Arabia, women can't get passports or travel internationally without a male escort. Well, now they're allowed to do that. They can also, for the first time in the nation's history, register a marriage, divorce, birth of a child, or get access to family documents. And yes, these are baby steps in the grand goal of equality, but at least now they're allowed to take those baby steps without asking a man for a hall pass. And on that note, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And in That's a Yore news tonight, the Italian what? city of, that's a more, that's a yore. I love doing <laughs> but Italian. A? Yeah. That's a yore. Yore? Yeah, exactly. Well, and anyway, you were saying. About- Thank you. The Italian sect of Sa'onara <laughs> passed the law this week that fines blasphemers up to 400 euros in an attempt to stop, quote, uncivilized behavior. Wow. And I'm just going to say it now. I refuse to believe the fact that these cowards waited till I left the country is just a coincidence. <laughs> okay, okay. Patrons, patrons. I've been training for this my whole fucking life, okay? <laughs> I am confident I can manage a thousand euro blasphemy in Italian, right? Like, that, this is a big fucking challenge, but I think I can do it. You guys just got to get me there and get me the thousand euros. I'm just going to learn, fuck your face. That's, <laughs> I don't, that's all I need to know in Italian. 
Yeah, because I can do the gesture at a Jesus statue super easy if I know the words. Yeah. And we do not need the patrons. I will pay to see that. That's just for me. <laughs> it just got funded. Check the website. Awesome. <laughs> so according to Mayor Walter Stefan. Absolutely not. No, an Italian guy named fucking Walter. Right. Yep. Yep. Mayor Walt. Yep. Fuck you. According to Mayor Walter, quote. Nope. Blasphemy is offensive. It offends me. With this law, you will not be able to cause offense to any religion. You have to respect the faithful. There may be bigger problems around, but we can't consider civility banal. If we let this go, young people will become louts. We want to create a courteous community. Yes, <laughs> create a courteous community and behavior that prevents a conflict. End quote. Yeah, and Italian Christianity, they've been on the right side of history forever. So yeah. we're sticking with that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, most of my neighbors have raped a gosh darn lot of kids, please. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Respectful. So obviously this is fucking stupid, but I think this story is kind of burying the lead here. Mayor Walt? A Fuck city you. in Italy has a time traveler for a mayor. I'm sorry. <laughs> Young people will become louts. He's not even trying to fucking hide it. Well, the name Walter, yeah, obviously. He's got a metal cage, Victorian style, in his garage. <laughs> he twists it enough, and he goes back to his time. We got to get it. <laughs> and finally tonight, in I Peg Your Barton news. Fantastic. It turns out, thank you. It turns out that David Barton is worse at math than he is at history. Uh, we learned that this week when he explained constitutional law on evil universe opening arguments, a.k.a. the Wall Builders Live radio show. <laughs> and it turns out that if you're a Christian, according to Barton, you actually have three times as much free speech as non-Christians. <laughs> really so, yeah. OK, so here's how it breaks down mathematically. As we all know, free can be expressed numerically. It's a zero. But. Christians get to multiply that by three. <laughs> okay, because in addition to free speech, they also get free exercise of religion and the right to assembly. Well, in multiplication to free speech. Yeah, well, right. That. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure if he thinks that means they get to have three times as many opinions or express them three times as often or say them three times as loud. But to be honest, any of those would perfectly describe the privilege as perceived in the Christian community, so he might have, might have been all of them there. That's right. You heathens have to like it, you have to love it, and you have to want some more of it. That is in the Constitution we got from Moses. I'm David Martin. Honestly, I'm just glad he didn't say they get three times the rights because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost each count as a religion. <laughs> it's a trinity. He's adding that in now as we speak. Okay. How many triangles are in this picture? Oh, it's more than three. I'm done. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, uh, because there's only one boot in the bottom problem. I got it. All right. That's why it's a genius level Facebook meme. <laughs> All right. So just a quick refresher if you're unfamiliar with David Barton, PH don't. The three subheadings in his Wikipedia page, this is true, are accuracy of his work challenged, unconfirmed quotation, and the Jefferson lies withdrawn from publication. Not, That's not the book, not the book, just it being withdrawn. Those are those are literally all of the subheadings in his Wikipedia page. You can check my math on that. Uh, because the only thing that he ever did in his life was pretend that a degree in Christian education from 
Oral Roberts University was the same as a PhD in history from a real college long enough to write a book about the intentions of the founding fathers that was less historically accurate than once upon a time in Hollywood. <laughs> and only slightly less sexist. So, you know. So, oh, man, was that bad and sexist and not accurate? I haven't seen it. I've got some bad news about this upcoming Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> uh, it doesn't okay. respect women in the way we'd like to see. Gross. And despite being a confirmed crank, Barton remains wildly influential in evangelical circles because the club that celebrates Ray Comfort's membership has to take what it can fucking get. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know how every group of kids had their one like karate guy? You know what I'm talking about? The one guy who did like a jump kick at nothing one time and didn't really (laughs) hurt himself that bad. So he became their expert at karate as the karate guy. And then your group eventually, they got in a real fight and your karate guy just got punched in the face right away and started weeping. (laughs) Yeah. David Barton is the history version of that guy for Christian people instead of the karate guy. He's the history guy. Uh, apropos of nothing, unrelated. Karate guy is still awesome, though, right? Like you don't need. We don't need to tell people how Karate Guy reacted. We just all have an awesome. That Karate Guy is still awesome. Hypothetically, if we had, yeah, do you him, have a black belt? I have a second degree black belt. Yeah, second, second degree. I do. All right. I, I didn't realize black. you had passed yeah. that first degree of black belt. Yeah, that's why I'm constantly challenging people to fights. (laughs) (laughs) And quick, before Eli actually challenges anybody to a fight, we're going to close the headlines for the night. (laughs) Keith, Eli, thanks as always. Fight me. Jumanji. (laughs) And when we come back, we'll make fun of people for money. Some more. Differently than we just did. And then from John's, we'll go to Joe's, you know, just for the cheese difference. Ah, uh, smart. Got it. Got yep. it. Hey, hey, guys, what are you doing? Oh, hey, Noah. Heath and I are just getting ready for our live citation needed in New York City on October 12th. Oh, it's pizza a docket. Good idea. Yeah, we're doing two different shows on one night. Plus, we'll be performing the never-to-be-recorded Jean Benet Ramsey episode on Platinum Night. And, you know, I mean, tickets are limited and definitely going to sell out. So the more prep, the better. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then... We go to Best Pizza. Ooh, downtown? No, no, no. In Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Smart, because the sauce. It's guys, comparison. Yeah, guys Absolutely. we're going to be doing over three straight hours of comedy on October 12th. Have you done anything except pick out pizza places? Um, I mean, should we, we also we also bought Metro cards? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's two okay. things. Hear me out. We bring our own Chili flakes. Chili flakes, exactly. Yes, absolutely. Bring in our own chili flakes. Yep. Tickets in the show. Back in the days of yore, when the first land-dwelling creatures speckled the ancient shores, we said we were pretty close to wrapping up all the vulgarity for cherry roast that we still had to do. <laughs> and while I would understand if you simply just don't believe me at this point, we are almost done. Uh, we're going to get one step closer tonight as we present what I'm pretty sure is the anti-penultimate edition of last year's <laughs> vulgarity for charity. Okay. Heath, this first one is for you from Michael, right. uh, who'd like a roast for his brother-in-law, Ryan, uh, who is a Trump supporter uh, racist who complains about too many Asian kids at his daughter's elementary school. Lovely. And 
Okay, maybe not worst of all, but also bad. He's a Philadelphia Eagles season ticket holder. Okay, for you, you, for you, that's worst of all. Yeah, I guess your face. (laughs) Also, the racist thing about the elementary school. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, Ryan looks like his name is Ryan. Like (laughs) hard. He looks like he knows a bunch of other people named Ryan, and they call themselves a Ryan Brotherhood, which is not great. And in the picture we got, he's very clearly finishing up a round of golf at a country club with his Afrikaner friends being like, yeah, sorry about the Italian caddy. We don't, we don't normally do that. I voted no at the meeting. Huh. So uh, you guys want to see a Kenny Chesney concert and fight some ethnic security guards? That would be fun, right? End quote. You want to lose our job because of a viral video? I also lost my job. Yeah. Of- yeah, that last part's just for Michael. Hopefully he got the Eagles right. Riley Cooper was an <laughs> Eagles wide receiver who actually did that at a Kenny Chesney concert. Dropped the N-word, caught on camera. Yeah. Fun times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, and, Fuck but the Eagles. Don't worry, dude. I'm sure Carson Wentz won't be an overrated, overpriced half-ass this season, though. He'll be <laughs> sure much better. And Eli, uh, Nate would like a roast for his roller derby teammate, Twisted Mister. Oh, Twisted Mister. You look like if the bad guys in Mad Max were searching for carbs instead of gas. Oh, God. You should call yourself the Rocky Road Warrior. Oh, no. All right, Noah, I I got one for you. Wendy has a bucket of people who need a roast and a toasting, uh, but she included pictures of two people from the bucket, her brother-in-law and his equally distasteful wife. Okay, which I'm assuming is her sister. Um, I would say... (laughs) Her brother-in-law looked like a sentient bowling ball if he looked sentient and had any Mm. color and looked like he had the physical strength required to knock down precariously balanced pins. And he does not. No, not at all. (laughs) And his wife looks like the kind of person that would marry a man who can't quite aspire to sentient bowling ball status. Now, this is this is absolutely real. And only you you two can see the picture. So you can have to back me up on this. She looks like like if a jazzercise instructor from the 80s grew up inside of a barrel and took its form. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the only way I can describe this picture. She, she kind of tastes a little bit like bourbon and like oak. <laughs> yeah. All right, Heath, I've got another one for you. Bruce needs a roast for his ex-wife Priscilla, who refused to believe he was an atheist and thinks she's a prophet. <laughs> wow. Okay, we've got a picture of Priscilla here, too. This is great. Um, Priscilla looks like a like an old woman's face got photoshopped onto Carrot Top's middle school yearbook picture. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carrot Top. She looks yeah, like well, Carrot yeah, Top. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. It's like her face somehow got aged by, like, I don't know, her face traveled at light speed at some point and came back. But no, the, the rest of her body has Benjamin Button disease, <laughs> and she's not anywhere near the crossover point where that wouldn't look completely insane. <laughs> she, she looks like a Cabbage Patch doll used the old person filter in the face app. <laughs> yeah, she looks like raggedy aneurysm. Yes. <laughs> okay, her face went at the slowest yes, speed. Yes, right. The rest her of body her body went at light, light speed. speed yeah, exactly, exactly. And has Benjamin Button. It's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It, none of it makes sense. There's no way to describe how ugly she is with physics, people. (laughs) That's the new logo for our show. All the golden girls, they're all melted together. Yeah. 
A little bit of Dr. Ruth in the face, too. Yeah, a little bit of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Dr. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, anyway, Noah, this next (laughs) one's for you. Kenneth needs a roast for his friend Israel, who Kenneth describes as a political enigma with a wide range of insane illogical beliefs that boggle the mind. All right. I my mind is boggled just from the picture, bro. Um, so in this picture that Kenneth sent, Israel seems to be dressed as a security guard, which either means he's a security guard or given the hey, lucky lady, shit eating grin he's given to the camera here. It also might mean that he dresses like that because he done seen in the movies how you get blown by a lot of shoplifters in that job. <laughs> like, honestly, this guy would look out of place anywhere but a police lineup over an unauthorized Muppet fucking. Right. That's where he's the usual suspect. All right. Eli, uh, you have a, a, a choice here. Rick would like you to roast either him or me. Choose wisely. And uh, just want to add that Rick does not edit out your felonies. OK. I mean, you don't edit out all of my felonies. <laughs> but Rick, it is. Rick, it is. Uh, Rick, you look like you've been fired from several mascot jobs for unauthorized crotch alteration. <laughs> Also, Rick, you're really the only one who's going to understand this because you can see you and I can see you. You have a man's torso on top of an older lady's legs. Um, And I need you to know that. It's actually really important for me to know that, that you know that now. Okay. He's like male Priscilla. He's he's got an Mm -hmm. interesting asymmetry going on from top to bottom. So, Noah, I got another one for you. Uh, Kaya needs a roast for her dad and brother. Okay. Uh, once again, I gotta I gotta work <laughs> off this picture. What the fuck are they doing? Oh, so that was my question, right? Because they're both standing in front of a pressure cooker, and judging okay. by Dad's expression, there's a severed head in it, and he's not a hundred percent sure that all the hairs tucked in, right? Um, but but judging by the brother's expression, it contains revenge for all the personal liberties the Illuminati done stole. Right. And when taken together, they look like a Yellow Pages ad for a father and son odd job service that ends with a promise not to ask questions. Also, they (laughs) they look like it took them like four D tries to get as close to both crossing their arms as they did. They didn't make it, (laughs) by the way. The photographer gave up. Their arms are just close. Yeah, no, dad's like, okay, yeah, all right, dad, you got your left arm crossed. That's close (laughs) enough. Dad's kind of grabbing his boob to hold the pose (laughs) of arm crossing because he can't with his strength because the arms are a little heavy. (laughs) I guess. Giving himself the hug, Kaya won't. I get it. (laughs) All right, so Heath, Matt needs a roast for his former commanding officer who once told a group of new recruits that if they didn't listen to him, they'd go to jail and get raped by black dudes. What the fuck? Who yep. are these people? I don't Jesus. Know. All right. Yeah. So Matt's CO looks like he always just ate a handful of loose turkey and a pint of milk <laughs> just now. And, and now he's trying to do simple math in his head about fucking grams of protein, but it's not working out very well. So if you ever see him and you start naming random numbers out loud, he'll lose track of his protein count and get really mad. That That is... Yeah always happening in his life. Also, the picture Matt sent us is 100% him taking a picture of a dead body he found. I have never been more sure of anything than he is. From the dead body's perspective. He is is Snapchatting a dead body. he's talking to it. He's like, hey, huh? Huh? Now give me dead. All right. Well, looky here. (laughs) All right. Eli, I've got 
based on the picture, the easiest one ever for you. Uh, Shane needs a roast for his buddy Danoff. Oh, Danoff. Danoff, you look like you quit your job as a gondolier to make craft beer. <laughs> if, if the word actually was a person, it would be Danoff. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We've got more names remaining than we have time remaining. So it's time for another spiking round. All right. The theme of this spiking round is time, more specifically lateness. Uh, so for the following roasts, <laughs> okay. you're going to tell your victims why their roast was late. All right. Do you guys have your hand on your buzzers? I do. Yes. Ready. Yeah, pretty much always. But stop. We, we're on the air. <laughs> First up, Elizabeth wants a roast of Jim Jordan. Okay. Uh, Jim Jordan, you, this is the Ohio congressman, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Jim Jordan, you, you look like you were conceived when a square fucked a trapezoid. <laughs> like, your entire form is uh, guaranteed at max eight bits of information. Yeah. That's the total. <laughs> and uh, our roast of you was late because I was waiting for the full resolution on your picture to finally download and fix itself. But it stayed like that forever. So here we are. Also, you're the Joe Paterno of Ohio State Wrestling. Yeah. You can Google that. It's pretty close to what I just said. Uh, Except you won't just die like Joe Pa had the decency to do right after that broke. And now you're a seven-term U.S. congressman from Ohio, a state that was conceived when Pennsylvania fucked Indiana. (laughs) Very similar form. Probably with a reach around from Michigan at some point in there. Mm-hmm. Shaped like a mitten. I like to reach around with a mitten. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Eli, still in the spitting round. Vince McMahon is your target. Uh, all right, uh, Vince, I'm sorry your roast was late. I have a terrible injury from working for you and no legal recourse or health insurance. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I went to high school, so I had no way to find you. Thanks, um... <laughs> <laughs> all right, and I'll take David's uh, friend, Owen. Owen, you look like you're still pining for your high school glory days of debate club second alternate. And your roast was late because I assumed your picture was something that for him sent us to views on social media. If any of our listeners were still on the fence about hair loss prevention treatment. <laughs> you can see the hairline wandering in the still photo. Yeah, you, you can. It's blurry because it's receding so fast. OK, so for these next few, I want to hear why the person themselves were late. Uh, so, Heath. Jane wants to know why her ex-friend David was late for his roast. And just for some context, David broke off the friendship when Jane came out as trans. Gross. Okay. Uh, David, how you doing? Sorry we're roasting you so late. In fairness, you were getting blocked by a group of kids from Covington Catholic for a while. (laughs) Um, That's why you're late. And um, you look like a Twilight werewolf who only uses your morphing power to be a dungeon master after Friday Night Magic <laughs> at local comic book store. All right. So, Eli, you wrote in one that we've already done, and you seem really <laughs> insistent that you get to do this anyway. So, I, Yes, we did this one. I, and um, I, I think I recognized a few other. We might have doubled up on a few now. How, Like, Eli, are you confident in the list we're working from? I am. How three, confident? 3% confident. I deleted okay. all the ones I put in last time, but I have no way of checking. I you included you could also the Google look at Doc. the script. I checked. Yeah, I he did. Away. All right. So regardless of just to reiterate, we definitely already did this one. I looked it up in our old script. It's the, we did that. Yep. Eva gets two. Okay. Anyways, um, so Eva or Ava, yeah, Eva. I think 
yeah. would like to know why her soon-to-be ex-mother-in-law was late. Yeah, and she was late because she was strangled to death by Princess Leia. This lady has to wear an orange vest around archaeologists that says, do not sample for sediment. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so last but not least in the spitting round, uh, Justin's co-worker Keith was clearly late because heads don't just whittle themselves. (laughs) The fuck? You look like a pencil. All right, we've now got a couple of special requests. Heath, this one is for you. Oh, great. Is it a dog? No, Uh, it's a baby. It's uh, MB's baby, to be exact. Uh, But thanks to Eli, uh, the kid can probably drive by now. We're a little. (laughs) Great. Okay. Uh, MB, congrats on the baby. Um, She looks like she's really hoping she got a better D20 roll on DNA than her weird sticky brother. She's clearly (laughs) trying to like swim through the air away from in this picture. If she had a smoke bomb when you took this picture, the baby would be throwing it and ducking below the camera frame and escaping somehow. I, okay, I can't I can't do this. They both look adorable. Yeah, look at that smile on his little face. It's a beautiful <laughs> pair of children, honestly. <sighs> all right, pivoting. I got to do a rose. Fine. Um, so, all right, you, you, your newborn daughter looks like a human who just recently crossed the arbitrary line a few months ago that would have allowed you to fix this problem and have way more money and time and happiness. Did I make it better? Nope. Was it a good pivot? You did not. I don't like this game. No more babies and dogs. God damn it. All right. Congrats on your new baby. Okay, well, so I'll tell you what. Since we have our first patron-sponsored D&D session right around the corner, it seems only right that Eli roasts Selena's DM. All right. Selena's pictures. Selena's DM making the best of rolling that critical miss on charisma. <laughs> Looking like a tiefling decided to multi-class as a faces of meth poster. <laughs> also, Selena sent some of the pictures of you in drag, and I have not been served this little fish since I finished a Ghosts of Saltmarsh campaign. Okay, not sure it's who a that D&D one joke. For, but not lo- us, Let me tell you, Selena offensive. is like. What? Loving it. Let me tell you. All right, Noah. No fish drag is perfectly valid. Whatever. Go ahead. (laughs) All right, Noah. I got a twofer for you. Anonymous would like a roast of Pastor Dave, and Don would like a roast of Pastor Joe. Okay, so these two both look like they're destined to be described by their neighbors as seeming normal. (laughs) Right? Like, Pastor (laughs) Dave's picture looks like a political ad in a world where we elect the bad guy on forensic files. And Pastor Joe, (laughs) he's so evil, right? Right. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. How many bodies is this guy buried? And Pastor Joe wears the permanent expression of a man trying to come up with a plausible reason why that would have been in his basement if he wasn't guilty. (laughs) He really does. This is is your basement. Uh, What? Oh, Noah, you got a little carried away there. I was worried you were going to be too past too furious. Two pastors. Pastors, I I see. see. Two pastors. And our final (laughs) batch tonight, uh, we want to finish up with a few X-rated roasts. You guys ready? Roast. Her quivering bosom. No, no. no, I just meant that these are all somebody's X-something. Oh, so you're saying I got my feather quill out for nothing? Not what I was saying at all. Okay, (laughs) I need a roast for Cameron's friend, George. Oh, all right. You look like 
you've been angrily refusing to get rid of your mullet since 1987, just screaming about it. No, every time somebody like, so you've just been slowly cutting it all a little bit closer every time somebody gives you a hard time. And <laughs> if you extrapolate based on the recent picture we got, that mullet must have been aggressive because even uh, with a bunch, of, it must have been huge. And like, he looks like he was MacGyver's histamine double at some point. <laughs> and now he's just like a sad middle-aged lost boy and it's bumming me out. He's like, he's like assistant to the regional lost boy with just this like mundane job. Weird mullet. Yeah. If Stitch Fix and having a way too young girlfriend ever decide to combine spokesmen, George is their first fucking phone call. I can't tell you. He's Omega Dog the Bounty Hunter. He's going good. All right. Um, Ryan needs a roast of his ex-girlfriend, and he sent us a picture of her wax sculpture, apparently. Right. Come on, with. Ryan. Very funny. I don't know how you got Ted Cruz to put on drag for your roast photo, but you almost got us. <laughs> well done. Um, but just in case she is real, Ryan's ex looks like the costume for the first Kabuki performance of Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I'm going to finish it off with a roast for Casey's ex-roommate, Matt, who looks like if Roman Polanski developed some kind of de-aging serum so he could go back and statutorily rape himself, but it all went horribly wrong. <laughs> right, look at this. This guy looks like Frodo was returning Sauron's cock ring. You know, like as soon as I saw this picture, I thought it was from a really depressing Where Are They Now about the lead puppet from Dark Crystal. Ooh, he, yeah, he looks like the photographer caught him exactly halfway, turning into a mean World War II cartoon of a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to close the saloon doors for a moment, but we'll be back soon with even more Vulgarity for Charity. Before we wrap up the sandwich and ring the bell tonight, I want to remind you that you can come see us record a live episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, in New York on October 12th. I also want to remind you that you can see us live in New York on October 12th for a Citation Needed record again, because the advertising guys say you have to hear it three times before it sinks in, and we already mentioned it in the little skit. Links to buy tickets are on the show notes. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's Hot Friend God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, this show would be designated incomplete by the board if I neglected to thank Heath Enright for letting people think I'm the smart one, Eli for letting people think I'm the weak one and Lucent Delusions for letting me think I'm worth her time. I also want to thank Liam for providing this week's Farnsworth quote and for reminding religious people that when we say their God doesn't exist, we're doing him a favor. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's best people. <sighs> but I actually have no idea who they are because I was having no end of trouble with Patreon system this week. So I but I promise I will thank the ever loving shit out of you next week by name. But regardless, together, this anonymous group of indeterminate size did some alliterative shit or another that amounts to giving us money. If you, too, would like to give us money, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheists, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheists.com. And if you'd like to help, but money doesn't go as far these days and you're really far away, you can also help a ton by leaving a five-star review on iTunes, telling a friend about the show, and following at PIATpod on Twitter. The legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson handles our social media, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark. We also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scalingadius.com.
Kumite. 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 Me and David Barton in a Kumite? There's no amount of money our audience uh, would All right, pay. patrons, as soon as I get back from Italy. <laughs> we Kumite. all watch Kumite. We all watch David Barton beat the shit out of Eli. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take one for the team. I'm not unrealistic. I'm a skeptic. I mean, at the end, you'll just be like laying there with your ass in the air going, okay, mount me. You won. Mount me, David. David. Thomas Jefferson. Come on. You know what he always said? <laughs> I doubt. Stop backing up at me aggressively. Stop that. <laughs> it's my secret. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.